Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Joanne Wilson. We're going to get into it. It's about to be a little heavy today. Y'all ready to get a little heavy? Come on. See, the thing about mamas is mamas will always challenge you, won't they? And so in the spirit of Mother's Day, this message is going to challenge us all. It challenged me. We're going to be talking about the spirit of Jezebel, y'all. It's like, what? It's Mother's Day, yo. You're doing a lot. (laughs) We're talking about influence today and how influence affects us, how we utilize influence. And today's message is called Under the Influence. And I believe that this message is going to change some lives in this place. It will make some, help us make some adjustments in our lives because we are living in dangerous times, Mama always says. We live in, in dangerous times. And in these times, we have to watch out for what we're influenced by. Amen? And so we're going to be reading from Matthew 14 all the way through uh, Matthew 14, 14. And, um, and I want you to read with me. If you're following on the app, go ahead and you can open up the app. There's the notes right there. You can follow along. You can also take notes. Come on, y'all. Y'all going to want to take notes because this is going to be one of the ones where it's like, oh, okay, I need to watch out for that. Amen? Y'all, y'all there? Come on, I need y'all. Let's, let's do a wake-up test. How many of y'all here today? Y'all ready to hear a word? Y'all ready to hear a word? Come on. We about to get into it. Matthew 14. At the time, Herod the, tra- Herod the Tetrarch heard the reports about Jesus. And he said to his attendants, this is John the Baptist. He has risen from the dead. That is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Verse 3, now Herod had arrested John and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For John had been saying to him, it's not lawful for you to have her. Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of the people because they considered John a prophet. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guests and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Prompted by her mother, she said, give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he ordered that her request be given, be granted. And John beheaded in the prison and had John beheaded in the prison. His head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came back and took his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard what has happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. 
one more time just join me in prayer father god i know you make no mistakes and this message is perfect for this day it is perfect for the time that we're living in and god let us lean forward and hear you in jesus name amen amen you see um I got to admit, as I prepared for this message, I really wrestled. I was like, God, really? It's Mother's Day. Like, we supposed to be, you know, picking these great mothers in the Bible and just kind of going through their lives and just celebrating them and all that, right? That's usually how it goes. But then I land on this story, and I was like, God, why here? Like, why this? We're talking about a mother who abused her influence and influenced her daughter to kill a man. And I thought, man, what a strange place to land. And so I even, I'll be honest, I even said, nah, I ain't going to do this. This ain't going to be the message today. It's like, we can't do this. And as I kept starting over and trying to find, you know, another place to go, the spirit kept pushing me back. To this. So when I say that this is a timely message for now, I believe the Holy Spirit has brought us here for a reason for such a time as this. Amen. And so influence, that's what we're talking about. And today I believe that, you know, we're going forward in this because in this age of people pleasing and where so many people want to be influencers, right? We've seen that on social. We need to stop and think about what we're influenced by and how we utilize our influence. Amen? Influence is defined as the power to change or affect someone or something, especially the power to cause changes without directly forcing those changes to happen. Influence can also refer to a person or thing that affects someone in a different or in an important way. See, we all go through life receiving and giving influence to others. And Paul reminds us that both good and bad influences are operating all around us. In 1 Corinthians, we read this. He says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought. Stop sinning, for there are some who are ignorant to God. And I say this to your shame. I believe this story of essentially a bad mom is not meant to criticize us or to have us, or to contribute to the mom guilt. How many of y'all have ever felt mom guilt? No, that's me. To contribute to mom guilt, that's not what it's about. But I think it's through this crazy, this mother's crazy set of choices and abuse of influence, I think that we can get a study guide, like a powerful study guide on how to pass the test of influence. Herodias' story is a story of how things can spiral out of control when we, and mind you, this is not just a message for women, but for men, no matter who we are, when we use our influence to manipulate and carry out sinful pursuits. See, leadership is influence. I want to clarify that. And all of us are leaders in some respect. 
So as leaders in our homes, our workplaces, our social circles, communities, and even some even on the world platform, we all have some sort of influence, some sort of authority or power in our lives. Amen? Yeah? Come on, I'm going to need y'all to follow me. Come on, give me some energy. Let's go. I'm the kind of person, I like feedback. I'm like, I'm like your homegirl. Like, we got to talk together, and I talk with my hands and all that. So y'all good? All right, y'all. If we're not careful, we can misuse our influence, as we read in the story of Herodias, right? This mother, with selfish ambition, used her influence over her daughter to kill the faithful man of God. Isn't that crazy? See, influence is a powerful force, and for good or evil, it's going to shape us. So we have to be careful. Everyone is under the influence. The question is, which influence are we under? We will all be influenced by default or by design. And when I say by design, that means that we can choose what we're influenced by and how we influence others, right? So, so I believe today we're going we're, we're gonna to learn something, and I want us to look at two ways in which influence is strengthened or weakened. And the first is proximity. Proximity. Say it with me. Proximity. So what are you under the influence of? The impact of a particular influence is determined by how close that influence is to your heart. The story of Herodias and Herod paints a picture of what happens when we allow bad influences to get too close to us. Let's look back at Matthew 14, 3. It says, now Herod had arrested John and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. Now, if you haven't already caught that, this is probably one of the most scandalous stories in the entire Bible. This is like the worst episode of like Love and Hip Hop or Housewives. Like, it's scandalous. So what's happening is that during one of the visits to Rome, King Herod um, meets Herodias. And Herodias is his own niece. And he's also the daughter of King Philip Herod, or Herod Philip. They're all, first of all, they're all named Herod because they're part of the Herodian dynasty. This is the same King Herod that wanted to kill Jesus and ordered the firstborn sons of Israel to be killed because he was scared of losing power. Amen? And so he meets Herodias, his own niece and the wife of his half-brother, King Herod Philip, and he persuaded him to leave her husband and to accompany him to Tiberias. And not too long before, Herodias had learned that her husband, King Philip Herod, had he he was involved in some deep scandal, and because of that scandal, he was in he was pretty much going to lose everything. He didn't have anything left. He was going to lose his, his position as king. And she was like, uh-uh, I can't be with him. I got to find another plan. And she was a woman of, of ambition, and she wanted influence and power. And so she was like, no, she can't be involved in that. She, want, she wanted to maintain her power. And so here comes this opportunity 
that is she's presented with with this other Herod, his half bro, his half. Yo, this is crazy. It's like a whole. <laughs> so this is King Philip's half brother. And so when she finds, when she gets the chance, she's like, oh yeah, this is my way out. So she agrees to have this affair with Herod Antipas. That's him. He divorces, he divorces his wife and she divorces her husband in order to carry out this relationship. And this is scandalous even for today, right? So this unholy marriage goes against Jewish culture and custom and morality. And here's John like, oh no, he's like, Mr. I'm gonna call you out. He was not scared to call them out. And mind you, this is John calling out the monarchy, right? So he's calling them out and publicly tells them, hey, you can't, this marriage is unlawful, it's not okay, and they don't like that. They like, wait, do you know who we are? You can't, you can't check us, you can't correct us. And they don't like that. And Herodias is so offended that he wants, she wants him killed. She's straight up like, nah, you messing with me, I don't like that, you need to keep your mouth shut, mind your business, you all up in my business. And she's like, you got to die. I mean, she's like extreme. And so Herod, King Herod, so Herod Antipas, which is her, her new husband, he's like, yeah, I don't like him either, but I ain't gonna kill him because, you know, he's a man of the people, he has so much influence, and so he was scared, but he did throw him in jail. He's like, I'll just throw him in jail forever, and that's just gonna be what it is. And so that's, what, that's what's happening in this whole uh, crazy situation. But what I see in this whole thing is that if we're not careful and we allow bad influences to get too close to us, it'll have us doing all kinds of crazy things that we know ain't right. Amen? Here we see Herod under the influence of sinful and sexual desires, right? And Herodias under the influence of money, because essentially that money and power, that's what she's looking for. Amen? And it says when they get too close, what we see is that when they get too close, both of these negative influence, these negatively influenced people embark on a journey that is destructive and wicked and ultimately takes the life of one of the most faithful men in history. See, our actions under the influence affects others. Sometimes we think that what we're doing is just about, it's only going to affect us, but it affects all of those that are around us. Some of us can't get control of our lives because we're under the influence of toxic people, world ambitions, dangerous substances, let's go there too, and habits. Mama always said, hang out with trash and what? You start to smell like what? Yup. Whatever the influence, if you're near it, it'll be able to draw you in. So the question again that I have is, what or who have you allowed to get close to you? In order to guard yourself against the destruction of negative influence, you must put some distance between us. You gotta put some distance between it and you, amen? It might be that you have to distance yourself from toxic people 
with negative influences, right? You got to unfollow, not just online, but in real life. Amen? Distance yourself from places that celebrate sexual immorality. The office ain't for you. Get out the office. Distance yourself from addictive habits. Yeah, we're taught under the influence, right? Drug, alcohol, whatever that addictive substance is that you've been under the influence of, right? It's time to put some distance between you and that device that has you DMing the chick you shouldn't be DMing or the dude that you shouldn't be DMing, amen? Or on sites that you have no business on. Some distance. You gotta put a Bible on it. You gotta get closer to the good, the good influences. Get closer to that word. Maybe we gotta keep a Bible close to us at all times, physically. Some of us have to do that. I remember I used to walk around, I always had a Bible. I ain't gonna lie, I wasn't reading it all the time. But it was there, so I knew. Just a gaze at it checked me. You gotta get closer to the people that keep you accountable and won't just be yes men. Come on now. If all your circle is filled with yes men, then you need to get a new circle. And we know the more influence you have, the more accountability you'll need. Because you need those checks and those balances. And unfortunately, I've seen many believers, these are good, you know, meaning well-intentioned well believers that feel like when they go through trials and hard time, they got to distance themselves from the house of God. But let me tell you, that is the wrong approach because when you're going through stuff, you become the most vulnerable. Our brother Ben shared with us about that. The, the enemy is looking for prey to devour. And when we're going through those hard times, that is when we are the most susceptible to be devoured. That is when we are vulnerable. So that's not the time to stay away from or to distance ourselves from the house of God. As a matter of fact, you need to get in the house of God so that your people, your brothers and sisters can keep you protected, the herd, right? To those, and side note, I recognize that sometimes those that have been hurt are actually been hurt by those in the house. And so I want to stand in proxy for those that probably have, have used their influence for wrong, right? And have hurt another brother and sister in the house. I stand in proxy and I say, I'm sorry. Because we ain't got no time to be fighting amongst ourselves. We have a devil who is busy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy, and devour and divide this house. And we do not have time for that. And if that is the case, come on, we got we to gotta reconcile. I will personally me med mediate that situation. Amen? Matthew 14, 14 says, For John had been saying to him, <coughs> it is not lawful for you to have her. See, in this situation, we have to realize that if we are in a community together, and if a leader is leading anybody, they cannot be so high that they're not willing to listen to the truth. If any leader in the house of God or leading anybody is unrepentant, then they don't need to be leading. The text 
We read of a woman in a position of power and influence who was unrepentant. She was not trying to hear the truth. And she refused to hear it. That's where we get to Matthew 14, 14, for John had been saying to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. He was talking about to Herod, and Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of the people because they considered John a prophet. See, to the leader out there in or out of the church, don't be high on yourself that you can't hear or accept the truth. To avoid being under the influence of a controlling spirit, be sure to keep spiritual accountability partners close. Whether that's a mentor, a faith leader, a friend, family member, or a peer, whatever it is, the responsible leader keeps a truth teller in their close circle. The truth, yes, it can be hard to hear, but may we never get so hardened that we can't hear it. Amen? Now watch this. This is where it gets really interesting. Matthew 14, 6, on Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guests and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. And some other translations say that even up to half his kingdom. Y'all, he was risking it all. He was like, yeah, he, yeah. And this is where we see the New Testament Jezebel at work here. And this is like where it gets really crazy. See, the dancing of Herodias' daughter was really a pagan practice. Jewish women didn't do that. They, they didn't dance in front of men for pleasure. It was against their custom. It wasn't even what they did. And so here we see a woman who has taken on ungodly practices and the customs of the world. See, I remember when I was in college, I went to study abroad, and I'll be real, you know, I wasn't an angel. God worked on me. But one of the crazy things that I had picked up was smoking. I started smoking cigarettes, because in England, everybody, I mean, that was just what people did. I was around it all the time. It was so bad that I was at an internship at a job, and like people were smoking packs of cigarettes at, in front of their desks, like at their desks. It was so normal. It was so accepted. And so it got to the point where I was always around it, and when I was offered a cigarette, I was like, okay. And so I took on this crazy habit because of what I was around. And I want to say today, the more we spend time comfortably in the presence of demonic and worldly practices, the more likely we will learn the ways of the world and adopt its habits. The Jezebel spirit is running rampant in this world today. We see so many prominent people, men and women of influence in politics, in media, in music, entertainment. They just are playing games with this spirit like it doesn't have any consequences. We're seeing, see, the Jezebel spirit, by the way, is not like, it's not in, that term itself is not in the Bible, but the Bible does present us with many uh, characteristics and the personification of Jezebel, which involves seduction, idolatry, manipulation, jealousy, hatred, and we're seeing that spirit all over us, all around us, not over us, but around us, amen? And 
We're seeing that, and, 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 and here in this world, we're seeing sin become so normalized in society, and to the point where we're not even protecting it from our kids anymore. Remember when Rated R was actually just Rated R? Now Rated R is like PG, and, and the new Rated R might as well be X and porn, right? Our youth are over-sexualized. We're living in a time where de demonic activity is normal. I mean, what are we talking about? Having sex with the devil on TV? Like that is like a thing, y'all, that people are showing on uncensored TV. They shouldn't be showing that on any TV, but that has become the norm and that has been ex accepted in our society. Music is deliberately honoring sin. What are we talking about? People of God. We have to draw the line between what is sin and what's integrity. We can't adopt the ways of this world. Come on, if we're not careful, we will allow the influence of this world to guide our actions, and that is not okay. And see, the thing is, sometimes we don't even realize that we're being influenced. That's why I believe today is important for us to Take an inventory of all the things that we're allowing to enter our eyes, ears, heart gates, right? The things that we're allowing to influence us. If we're not careful and if we don't draw that line, we're going to find ourselves adopting the customs of this world. As we saw this daughter dancing for these men. And it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound that, 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 that bad, but think about it. Why was she dancing for a room full of men? What business does any woman, but especially this young woman, have dancing for these men? And that sounds like a lot of things that we hear today, doesn't it? See, Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior or customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. This is why staying close to the Spirit and listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit as we live in this world is so important. We have to exercise, exercise discernment. That's the only way that we're going to be able to move around the influences that are working all around us. But hear me now, I don't want you to hear this and say, oh, well then this means that as a believer, I'm not gonna engage with those who are non-believers because that's not biblical either. See, Jesus has sent us out to spread the gospel to make disciples. John 17, 14 through 19 says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. So here's the part that I want you to really hear. My prayer is not to take, you, take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth, for your word is truth. 
As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too might truly be sanctified. All of that is to say, we're not meant to isolate ourselves and not engage, but we are to protect ourselves in prayer. We are not to be changed and influenced by the world. In other words, we need to be the ones that are changing and influencing the world. Amen? You can't be under the influence of something you haven't allowed to get too close to you. So you could get close, but they don't have to get close to your heart. Amen? Proximity affects the strength of influence. The second factor that affects the strength of influence is respect. Everybody say it with me. Respect. So Herodias' daughter dances, and she turns up. She's doing her thing for Herod. And his guests at his birthday, and all these men are so pleased. And then in Matthew 14, it says, they're so pleased that he promised them an oath. He promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked for, risked it all. And then prompted by her mother, see her mother saw that opportunity, she said, give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he ordered her request that her, her request be granted and that John beheaded, be beheaded in the prison. His head was brought on a platter and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. We naturally want to be like the people that we respect, right? Or that we want to be liked by the people we respect. And that becomes a problem, especially when those we respect are the wrong people. It's always gonna get you in trouble. See, respecting the wrong person can lead you to losing everything. And it makes it so much more difficult to get free from their influence. See, Herodias knew the power of her influence over Herod, so she used it to her advantage. Here's a side note. See, great leaders motivate, they don't manipulate. Leaders, we're not called to manipulate people to get them to do what we want to do. We have to motivate them and serve them if we want them to do the right thing. Amen? That's proper influence. See, Herod was so focused on looking good in front of his people during his birthday that he did something unthinkable just to keep up a flex in front of everyone. What have you forfeited to maintain a flex? Don't let a flex have you losing everything you've been blessed with. Come on. How many of us have been caught up in a moment that ends up costing us everything? We see so many people caught up trying to flex in casinos. We have so many people who have lost families because they were entertaining side pieces. Come on. Our desire to impress the wrong people will have us losing the things that are most precious to us. I met so many people, beautiful people with so much potential and such a strong future who have allowed and, and who have been, uh, they have let themselves be influenced by the wrong people and they respected the wrong people and then they ended up in an abusive relationship. 
See, we have to be careful that we don't lose ourselves because we've designed or we've allowed the wrong influences in our lives. The test of influence is one when we adjust who and what we respect. We have to train ourselves to respect what God respects. That's what's important. The more we study his word to find out what those things are, the more we're going to be inclined to respect those things as well and ignore the things that he doesn't. See, we have to understand that if we want to be affected positively in our life or influenced positively in our lives, we have to gauge ourselves. We have to anchor ourselves with the right thing. If you're anchored by the wrong thing, you're going to be influenced by the wrong thing. Amen? But when you're anchored to the right thing, you're able to overcome and ignore those negative influences that are at work around you. Amen? Don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. 1 Corinthians 15.33. Awake to righteousness. Do not sin, for some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak to this to your shame. See, that's important. Because it says that depending on who you have placed on a platform of respect, you have to make sure that that person is a God-fearing person. You have to make sure that they too are anchored to God because if they're not, then you're following something that's going to lead you towards the wrong path. Amen? If we just adjust who and what we respect, we can better protect ourselves from the wrath of negative influences. Amen? So... Then all of this stuff is going on, right? We see this scandalous story. We see the beheading of the faithful man of God, John Damascus, and we're seeing all this havoc, this destruction. And then I find it really interesting that the story just takes a turn, a hard turn. It says in verse 13, when Jesus heard what happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion, everybody say compassion, on them and healed their sick. And if the band, come on, join me. So here we see Jesus is grieved by what he's just heard, the account that he's just heard. John the Baptist, some say is his actual cousin, right, um, has just been beheaded. And so he tries to take a boat, well, he does take a boat, to get to a place where he can be by himself. And... All these people follow him. It kind of reminds me of when I try to go to the bathroom and everybody wants to follow me. <laughs> As a mom, is that anybody, anybody out there can relate? Every time I go to the bathroom, I don't understand. It's like the, the, the dogs follow me, the kid, and it's like a whole meeting. It's like this is a field trip. Like when did going to the bathroom become a field trip? They all want to sit there. They start playing. The, 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 the dogs start playing with each other. and, the, and Like what? They bring snacks. I mean, it's like a whole. <laughs> so anyways, imagine this is like Jesus. He's trying, to, he's trying to get away to a quiet place, right? Like all the moms out there. And um, the crowds follow him, which tells me he had influence, right? And then what does the text say? This I love so much. 
the text didn't say that he turned them away. What does it say? He had compassion on them and healed their sick. See, this is why Jesus deserves our respect. This is why I respect Jesus so much. In the previous text or the passages, we see a woman who has abused her power and influence, even to the point of death for somebody else, and yet we see Jesus using his influence to heal. And here's what the Lord gave me. Influence without compassion leads to destruction. We cannot be good stewards of influence without compassion. Compassion is what regulates the abuse of our influence, the abuse of power. As effective, as an effective and God-fearing leader, we all, all of us have the responsibility to use our influence to heal, to build, and to love other people to Christ. This is how we become effective disciples of Christ and how we disciple others. See, some of us probably think, oh, I don't, I'm not a disciple. We're all, when we follow Christ, we become disciples of him. And the Bible says that our job is to make disciples of men. So we're supposed to disciple other peoples as well. That's influence. We're all called to influence people, influence them to love Christ. Amen? And I love this because we see that right in the middle or right after the most wicked and heinous act, Jesus doesn't respond with condemnation. He responds with compassion. Compassion. Compassion is that anchor that tethers us to the heart of Christ. I really want us to see the character of Jesus. See, he is loving and he is compassionate and that's so beautiful and he wants the best for us. See, Jesus has compassion for all of us. No matter who we are and what we've done, he still has compassion and it's why he endured the cross. For the Bible says in Isaiah 53, 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds, we are healed. His compassion for us had him praying, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. The message for you today is Jesus loves you. You're not too far, but you do have an opportunity to get closer. We got to get closer to the most high. Jesus wants to get close to you because he has compassion for you. He loves you. He's not standing over you, condemning you for what you've done. He doesn't, he doesn't see you for the things that you have done. He sees you for who he made you to be. Amen. And I want to invite you, brothers and sisters, who are not close to God, to answer the call of compassion from our Lord and Savior. Thank you so much for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, 
please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.